Hi, I'm Shay, and welcome to Kombucha and Color. Kombucha and Color is a weekly podcast hosted by me, Shay Dyer, a yoga teacher and creative graphic designer, and Anna Marsh, a functional medicine practitioner and women's health coach with a love of all things health and fitness. This podcast is here to inspire women to embrace health and live life bright. You can find more about me, Shay, at shaydyer.com. You can find out more about me, Anna, at annamarshnutrition.co.uk. And each week we will be bringing you inspiring content for a healthier and happier mind, body, heart, and soul. Now onto the show. Hi, it's Shay here. Take a moment right now to reflect on how you measure a successful day for yourself. For a long time, I measured the success of my day based on the number of Instagram likes or followers I gained, the money I made, or the amount of love or praise I received. Whilst these are wonderful things to desire, using them as a metric of success left me feeling really depleted. It was only after some honest soul-searching that I've truly shifted my metrics so that now I define my success on whether I'm able to answer yes to the following three questions. Have I moved my body today? Have I breathed or sat in stillness today? Have I created something today? Move, breathe, create. When I focus on these as measures of a successful day, I am able to really slow down, get out of the busyness of my head, back into my body, and manifest things from a really authentic place. What's even crazier is that when I focus on these three things, all the other shiny pennies, the money, the praise, the followers, the likes, they all flow into my life with such ease as a result of me being in an energized, calm, creative, and aligned state. It's completely changed my outlook on life, and it's made me a much happier person. I really want to share all my tools with you so that you too can manifest the things you want in your life from this energized, calm, creative, and aligned state and feel really happy whilst doing it. Come and join me at movebreathecreate.com where you will find ways to energize your body and calm your mind along with creative tutorials and techniques to get you into that creative manifesting state. Most yoga studio monthly memberships cost upwards of £100 a month. And you can join me over at movebreathecreate.com where you can find not only yoga practices and tutorials, but also workbook downloads, community, meditations, soul work, journal ideas, creative prompts and inspiration, all for less than £10 a month. It's like your own personal yoga retreat space. Come connect back to your body, mind, and soul with me at movebreathecreate.com. I look forward to seeing you inside of the community. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kombucha and Color. I'm Shay, and today, as always, I have the lovely Anna with me. Hi. uh, Hi, Anna. (laughs) How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm okay. Thank you. Yeah, all good. So today we have got a bit of a different topic for you that we are going to dive into. And we are going to be looking at this idea of relationships and particularly relationships when they are connected to one person going along a woo-woo spiritual path. In one of our previous episodes, we talked a little bit about the woo-woo things that we do. And I think it can sometimes 
either cause relationships to have a shift in identity and how people relate to one another, which can maybe start fragmenting a relationship, or they can bring a relationship closer together, depending on how you manage that transition. So that is what we're going to be diving into today. So it's a bit of a juicy, muddly round topic, um, and we're just going to have an open discussion about it and share what we've been doing and how our partners have adjusted to us sliding down the woo-woo slide. <laughs> yeah, taking them for a bit of a ride with us. Um, <laughs> exactly. so I guess today is just very much about them, just kind of like our personal experiences. I, I think that this is something you kind of just feel your way through, so to speak. And I guess that's what we're here to share today is just some of the experiences that we've had and yeah, and how we felt our way through these different situations. Yeah, what was so interesting for me um, when I first started getting into the yoga world and doing my um, first teacher training, one of my friends, Lulu, who we've interviewed on the show for Women's Health um, Podcast and Women's Pelvic Floor, I think one of the earlier episodes that we've recorded, she said to me when she did her yoga teacher training, the teacher who trained her or one of the people in their course said that often when you go along the spiritual path, it can either really separate a relationship that isn't really working or a relationship that is working, it can really solidify it and grow it together. So I don't know if that's been your experience as you've gone down this path or if you want to share anything in reference to that. Yeah, so I remember when you did your yoga teacher training and you were telling me that like you had that little kind of moment or that wobble where you're like, what if I just want to go live on the mountains with the goats? And um, <laughs> Warren's not really up for that. And I, that's kind of always stuck in my mind, Shay going to live on the mountains with the goats. And um, so that was, I guess, a seed which was planted in my mind, especially when I went to go and do my own yoga teacher training. But obviously it's not just yoga teacher trainings that, that create this separation or bringing together. It's, it's just change in people generally. And I think all our relationships are really just mirrors. And, you know, when people come together, they come together for a reason. And I think we've said in different, um, in the, we did another podcast on relationships. We talked about people come together for a reason, a season or a lifetime. And when you choose a life partner, like maybe perhaps you do when you marry someone, you're thinking at that time it's going to be for a lifetime, but those things can change if, if people change. And I think I've used this analogy before where, you know, people are like puzzle pieces and we all have our shapes and our shapes fit together and that makes a nice puzzle. But now if one puzzle piece decides to change shape, if the other puzzle piece isn't ready to change shape, that can sometimes create a mismatch in the puzzle and then the pieces don't fit together so well. And so this is the joy we have to go through when it comes to relationships. And so when I went to go and do my yoga teacher training, actually before I went, I went to go and see a spiritual guide, tarot reader who is um, local to me here in Bournemouth. And I, I didn't really know what I was expecting, but I just went to go and see him. And one of the first things he asked me was, tell me about your relationship. And I was like, oh, you know, what, what does this mean? And we had a bit of a conversation about it. And I, I said to him very honestly, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm really seeking growth all the time. That's very much in my personality. I've always loved learning. I've always loved studying. And with that comes raising one's consciousness. And, and through that, we, we get growth and we start to see the world in different ways. 
So, you know, being on this growth path, whether you want to call it a spiritual path or not, it doesn't matter. But I've been on this growth path for a long time. And there was this little part of me, which was like, what if I'm just growing apart? Like, what if I'm growing apart from Ben um, and, and that's going to fail our relationship? And obviously that was more so just like maybe like a fear. And then when this tarot reader guy asked me about it, then it it made me even more fearful. It kind of made me start to worry even more because it brought that into focus. He used a really nice analogy, which is, um, well, there's actually two that I've got. And one of them is this idea of, you know, if you want to build like a raging fire, you can't have soggy logs. <laughs> so if even if one one log is like super awesome and ready to burn, but all the other surrounding logs are soggy, that's going to means that the even the the best possible piece of firewood is not going to be able to, you know, close bright. And so he said to us, he said to me, yeah, just you've just got to make sure that you're surrounding yourself with people who are going to ignite you. And not people who are going to keep you soggy. <laughs> and so then part of me was questioning, like, is Ben a soggy log? <laughs> I can't be near soggy logs. <laughs> and exactly. And, and it, it almost actually just made me a little bit paranoid um, because I think where your focus goes, energy flows. And if you're constantly looking now for a reason for things to go wrong, or if you're looking for a reason to question things, you can always find a reason. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side of that, if you're already like on the spiritual path, one of the things that you grow into is starting to see more through the eyes of love. And when I actually like look at Ben through the eyes of love, like there's so much about him that I realize that is really beautiful and amazing and how he supports me and lifts me up. I'm going to almost cry now. <laughs> you make me cry. <laughs> yeah. And how he balances me. And then every now and again, he will really just surprise me because he's not like, I'm like into this like stuff and I'm like learning and reading and meditating and doing all these things. And he does none of that. He's like, I'm going to like watch my sports on TV and <laughs> this is Warren last night as well. <laughs> yeah, trade trade my watches on eBay and play with the cats and um you know like look at cars on the internet and very, very simple down to earth. But every now and again the most like profound words will come out of his mouth that are exactly what I need to hear. And I think it's just like really loving and appreciating those parts of him, all those parts of him, because I think sometimes when you are on this like path of growth, you need somebody just to ground you and bring you back to reality. So um, that has been my experience so far. Mm, I really love that. And I love that analogy of soggy logs, but I wonder if there is perhaps another way to phrase that or a way that is a little bit, different than that or somehow we can further that analogy a little bit more because maybe the people that you are in relationship with don't necessarily have the same type of growth or acceleration of seeking that that maybe you and I have but they still have the capacity to be able to be kindling for that fire rather than having to be the logs themselves I don't mm. I don't know if that's a, a way to explain it but you know, you have this fear of, oh no, but I'm now being a log and what are my, my, my logs on that are around me are all soggy logs. But I think definitely, well, in my case, at least, 
my experience of as I have grown more into understanding things from a different viewpoint and opening myself up to seeing things in a different way and expanding and the growth that I've experienced, I think that just with me being able to really honestly explain and share things with Warren has been really powerful and for him to be able to then start broadening his understanding. And it's not to say that he doesn't accept and believe everything that I do and um, go through and he doesn't have to. And I think that's the important distinction. Like I'm not trying to force anything on him and he doesn't force anything on me. It's, it's not about that, but it's just about me being very open and honest with really the benefits and how I have changed and grown and become a better person and a more connected person as a result of the things that I've done rather than forcing him to do a certain thing or pressuring him to live a certain way or take on certain beliefs. But I think that through him being able to see how much karma, how much more connected, how much more self-assured I am through these practices, it opens him up to see them in a new way too. Mm. And I love what you said about um, the communication piece, because also when I went to go and see the soggy log tarot reader, <laughs> spiritual guide, that was some of the words that stuck out was he said, you've just got to keep talking to each other. That's exactly what he said. And I think that is so true for any and every relationship is authentic communication, which comes from a place of love is so powerful. And when you can stand in your worth and speak your truth and be seen and heard by someone else, that is a very, very healthy relationship. Mm, mm, I totally agree. I get lots of people on Instagram asking me or sharing, oh, a couple goals, couple goals, whenever I mention something about Warren. And um, a few months ago, I said to Warren, I said, you know, what is it about our relationship that makes people think that it's couple goals or something that is to be aspired to. And one of the things that he said to me was, we talk about the things that are easier not to talk that are easier not to talk about. And for me, it was like, wow, that's really true because some things are just a lot easier just to I'm not talk cry. about it. No, but it's it's really true. And I think if you can adopt that aspect or that mindset when you're in a relationship, like of course there are things that are easier not to be said. And it's easier to just push it down and not talk about it and just go about your day because you're ego or yourself that likes to be the victim, yourself that likes to stay hurt, the self that likes to stay small, or the self that likes to be the one that's right or the righteous one or whatever it is, that likes to avoid talking about those things because then it keeps its identity. Mm -hmm. Whereas if we can really speak and there's a, there's, a, there's a layer of exposure that comes with that, which is this, you know, the buzzword is this vulnerability, be vulnerable, be, be vulnerable. But for me, vulnerability is translated as like this feeling of exposing yourself and feeling that real rawness. So that's something that we've really tried hard to maintain within our relationship. And it's not easy because it is much easier just to, just to not talk about those things. But it, yeah, it's, it's been really powerful and moving us forward. So, yeah. I know you interviewed Ben. Yes. So on this, um, uh, this topic was actually Shay's idea and we were going to record it um, maybe last week, um, but we didn't and we're recording it this week. But in preparation, Ben and I actually went out for a celebratory meal last week um, just to celebrate a really great quarter. Um, I just filled out my Grounded Goddess group program. I got my, my regular yoga teaching gig and 
I was just like, yeah, we, we need to celebrate all these things because that was something that I wouldn't normally do. I'd be like, okay, right, what's the next thing I have to do instead of just taking that time to appreciate everything that has been done. So we went out for a meal, celebratory meal, which was the perfect opportunity to conduct a little interview. Um, <laughs> Did you tell someone, him beforehand? That I was going to be interviewing him. Yeah. No, it was like an on-the-spot interview. Okay. Um, so that's basically... Yeah, so that I would have a little bit of material to share from his perspective on this show. And so one of the things I kind of said to him is like, how, how do you cope with my increasing levels of weirdness? And she said, <laughs> it's all about having the weirdness barometer. So he said that, you know, there's like a scale of the, like what's really, really weird and, and what's kind of like acceptable weird. And um. <laughs> There was, I don't know if anybody saw this on my Instagram stories a while ago. I, I was um, on some website that sells like crystal jewelry and they had these crystal crowns. So it's crowns that you have and it's got like rose quartz in it or clear quartz in it or whatever the different crystal is. And like, it's like a crown, you wear it on your head. So I had like screen grabbed it and I said, I think I really want one of these. And he was <laughs> like, no, I'm going to yellow card you for weirdness. You're not getting one of those crowns. <laughs> As a side, if I really wanted one, I would have got one anyway. But it was 150 <laughs> pounds or something like that. So, you know, it wasn't going to happen straight away. Um, but anyway, so he said there's like a barometer for weirdness and he'll step in and intervene when it becomes necessary. But then I said to him, but surely the more time you spend with me, the things that were weird before are going to become increasingly normal. And so then he said, well, the weirdness barometer gets recalibrated annually. So... <laughs> So it's an ever-rising barometer. Yeah, interesting. It's it's just like, you know, he's just pacing himself. He's taking his time. He's giving <laughs> himself some room to move and um, obviously not suppressing me. But, I mean, all of this is it was just completely said in jest because that's just the type of guy that he is. And one of the things that I wrote down in my interview notes was sense of humor. And, and Ben has got a really great sense of humor. He's very light. He's a very lighthearted guy. He doesn't take things too seriously. And so he says that just having a sense of humor helps. But, oh, and I'm going to get emotional. But then one of the things he said was, um, I just want to be with you. And that's all. Oh, that is so lovely. And I think it ultimately comes down to like acceptance. Like I have to accept him just as much as he is um, that I am, I am expecting him to accept me. And that's what it really is. It's just a mutual acceptance because, you know, when you, you come together in love with someone, it's not about, oh, you know, that person looks hot without a shirt on, or, you know, maybe it is like initially there's like an attraction or whatever it is. But ultimately I believe that like we're, it's just like an energy and we're just attracted to the essence of someone's soul. And that essence is always there, irrespective of where that person is in their path. And I think that's what I meant when I was talking about seeing through the eyes of love, because when you see through the eyes of love, you see the essence of the person. You don't necessarily see their behaviors, which are just a representation of something that's going on in that moment. Many of my clients are looking for ways they can optimize their health through the power of food. I often supercharge their lifestyle with green tea to support them with everything from weight loss to hormonal balance to skin conditions to immune function. 
As a green tea lover myself, I love that Emerald Matcha is ceremonial grade and approved by the UK Organic Food Federation. Anna has always talked about the health benefits of green tea, but I never really found one that I truly liked. After I tried a sample of Emerald Matcha's high-quality green tea, hand-picked from the very best farms in Japan, I thought, this is definitely a green tea I can get excited about. As a small business owner, it feels really great to support other small, family-owned businesses, and especially one with such a high emphasis on customer service. I'm so excited to bring green tea into my daily routines as an antioxidant face mask for my skin, putting it into my smoothies, and making matcha vegan ice cream. Kombucha and Color are delighted to be partnering with Emerald Matcha Green Tea. Place your order and grab all the health benefits by searching for Emerald Matcha, that's Emerald Matcha, on amazon.co.uk. You can use the discount code kombucha15 for 15% off. And I love what you say about seeing them through the eyes of love, which is very similar to this idea of seeing them with compassion, which is the more you go along this path yourself, the more you see yourself with compassion and the things that you do with compassion. And then the more that spreads to the people that are around you and understanding between two people and acceptance of two people. So I really love that. So I also tried to ask Warren these things, although I must say that I cannot put Warren in an on-the-spot interview because he just, <laughs> he completely like shuts down if he thinks that he's being interrogated or questioned or interviewed. It's because he wants to get it right. He needs I know, to I know. He wants to prepare. Like even on our, we went out for anniversary dinner last weekend and we're just sitting having a drink and I just want to spontaneously ask him like, so what are the best like five memories of the last six years for you? And immediately I can just see he starts backpedaling and he's like, no, no, wait, no, no, I need, oh, no, I need more time. No, I, I have to like, oh, I need to think about it. And his face just goes like, and I'm like, oh, no, this is like, I just wanted to open up dialogue and have conversation, but I can see this is going to stress you out. So let's just leave it. And then the moment passed obviously for it. But last night I was chatting to him and I was like, I have to make it very casual. Like this is not for anything, just casually mentioned. So how do you cope with living with a woo-woo lady? And he's like, I cope very well. <laughs> <laughs> but I said, so what are the strategies that, or like what, what has enabled you to be able to go down this path with somebody who's getting more and more or increasingly on the woo-woo scale? Um, I don't know. Anna and I may be pitching ourselves like we witch ladies, but we're not there we're yet. We're really but. not witch ladies. <laughs> <laughs> but he said, no, he always thinks that when I have something to share or when I am learning something or discovering something or um, sharing something with him that he always thinks that he's got something to learn and there's something that he can maybe understand and it gets him to think in new ways and I think that's also really important for being in a relationship is this idea of openness to somebody and this openness to change and this almost fluidity in how you meet each other along your way and along the path that you're on so yeah I think that's a key component so well you also said you know it does help that his mom has been very into this kind of stuff since way back when I was listening to a Deepak Chopra podcast a few months ago and Warren walked into the kitchen as it was on and he's like you know what it's so crazy that Deepak now is podcasting and doing all these things but ages ago when he was growing up maybe 10 11 years old he used to listen to Deepak Chopra tapes that his mom used to play and <laughs> throat chakra shade yeah, I know. You need some water for your time. I'm going to edit this out. 
And he said that how enlightened would Deepak Chopra be now if back then he was teaching all these amazing things. So yeah, he's, he's a lot more receptive to this kind of stuff because I think his mom has introduced him to this type of stuff since ages ago. And he said, you know, every, every single day you get more and more like my mother. And I said, well, you know what they say, you marry your mother and I marry my father, <laughs> which is I think very true for, for us. Although Warren, his personality, I think is a very good blend of my mom and my dad. He's got a very quiet, reserved personality like my mom, but he's also got this really big, generous, loving heart like my dad. So yeah, I love your dad. <laughs> Yeah. So I don't know. It's just like I said to him, I was like, how do you stay sane when you're in this, when you come down this woo woo things and what are some of the things that, ha- is there anything that I do that kind of freaks you out? Or is it a little bit like, Oh no, I can't really get on board with that. And he said, well, why do I have to be staying sane? Why can't I also just be part of on the crazy train? I was like, yeah, you can. <laughs> I'm on, buy a ticket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think he's he, he's very open and he's he's willing to learn and he's a lot more open-minded, which I'm very, very grateful for because I think we would be in a very different place if he wasn't. Yeah, I think it's um, this idea of staying curious and, and I think this is just a healthy way of being for everyone is um, something I always pre-frame at the very beginning of my programs that I do, like my Grounded Goddess program. I say to them, just stay curious. Because when you stay curious, you stay open. And, um, you know, we, we know through the, the chakra system, the demon of the chakra system uh, or of the crown chakra specifically is attachment, which is being attached to what you already think you know. And so if you're attached to this preformed idea, belief, concept, judgment, then it, it shuts down your whole system energetically to receive anything new. So staying curious and being curious about life is such a wonderful way to be and is essentially a facilitator of growth, whether it is in a relationship or not. Mm. And crown chakra, for those who are not familiar with it, is our essence of spirituality, of oneness, of connection to something bigger. So that attachment is what keeps us very grounded and very heavy. And letting go of that attachment allows us to get a little bit more towards that sense of oneness, which can be interpreted as a oneness between you and your partner or oneness between you and something bigger or oneness between you and the divine or whatever you term that. So that's a really beautiful way of explaining that a little bit from the chakra system and the energetics point of view. But even from in the classes that I've been teaching this week, we've been looking at the big leap by Gay Hendricks and we're looking at the four different zones. So we have this zone of incompetence, we have the zone of competence, we have the zone of excellence and the zone of genius. So it's a slightly different model framework, but in order to get to your zone of genius, you have to let go of the zone of excellence. And that is the same idea as this attachment. In order to get to that sense of oneness or get to a new understanding or a new belief or a new acceptance of something you have to maybe let go of something or soften your grasp of something that's come before it so yeah it is the whole thing of this relationship is and growing in the spiritual part together is this idea of surrender and kind of going with the flow of it and I think that I think for for both of us we're very lucky that Ben and Warren are such easygoing go with the flow kind of guys so yeah I'm very grateful 
just as a, a funny thing on the side, so Ben is really, really great with animals. Some people may already know we've got two cats and one of them is a, well, they're both rescue cats, but the one we had is from a, as a little kitten. So you don't notice it so much, but the other one we got when she was two. And she is just really, really shy and scared and terrified and traumatized from whatever happened to her before she came to live with us. So it's been, I think it's almost been 18 months now since we got her. And Ben has just been so incredible at like coaxing her to come out of her shell. And she really just trusts him now. She's the only one like he'll, that will, she'll let um, pick her up so he can pick her up now and give her a little cuddle. And she's still a little bit, you know, skittish and stuff. And it's still very much on her terms, but they just have like a very special bond and he's so sweet with her. And I've always said to him because he loves animals so much. Oh, you know, like you should be a vet. You should be a vet. You should be a vet. I think you'd love to be a vet. And he's always like, no, can't change, blah, blah, blah. I'd have to be <laughs> um, but I'm like, no, anything is possible. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> all, all of that aside, now what I think would be amazing is for Ben to do animal Reiki. And he's not quite ready to, <laughs> to jump on board with us. <laughs> I mentioned it to him the other day and I said, and he said to me, you know, I think for that to work, you actually have to believe that it's <laughs> i.e. I don't really believe in it but um, I'm just going to keep on planting that seed and you know recalibrating that weird <laughs> the scale is adequately calibrated to get in on the animal reiki trade yeah yeah I love that and soon we're going to go to Ben for Dr. Ben for his for animal treatments yeah, I yeah think- they- Level up by, by vet first, I think. <laughs> the tangible stuff. Although to, to learn animal Reiki, it's a much shorter path. It's true. That is true. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I think what's really useful in thinking about this as a growth journey, and this is what I think makes it a lot easier or simpler for us to be able to come at it with this lens of love and compassion is the more you go on this spiritual path or this growth path, whatever you term it, the more understanding and knowledge and information you have about yourself, you have a higher level of self-awareness. And I think when you have a higher level of self-awareness and you understand really where um, your weaknesses are, where your strengths are, um, it encourages other people to look for that in themselves as well. And especially the people that are close to you. And for us, what some really big tools have been in terms of maintaining this um, fluidity of our relationship and really understanding a the person from the way that they communicate, because not all communication comes through words and through the things that we say, but it can be coming through actions. It can be coming through the quality time we spend together. There's really interesting book on the love languages. I think it's uh, Gary Chapman. I yeah, think and I think we covered it before in one of yeah. the very early episodes of the show. Yeah. And so just knowing those love languages has been really useful for us to build communication that is not always about the words that you say, because, um, you know, I might be seeking when I ask Warren, when are we at dinner anniversary dinner, and I'm, I'm asking, oh, what are your favorite memories? I'm a words of affirmation person. So for me, I'm seeking that connection through 
words for him to say, oh, well, this was a really good memory that we had together. And I'm looking for that approval coming from a language point of view. Whereas for him, he doesn't, he doesn't see that as, as a quest or a invitation for connection. It would be the same for him if he reached out to give me a hug because he's someone that really responds to physical touch and for me to withdraw. That's kind of the equivalent that it would be. But for me, having that understanding, okay, well, that's just not the way that he is choosing to show and, and connect in love in that way. So I think the more you go on this path, the more you learn about yourself and that gives you the tools to be able to manage yourself in relation to other people and especially those that are closest to you yeah and um i was just thinking about my own love languages and mine are um words of affirmation like you and then acts of service so when ben does like little things for me it's it's really really nice i remember when we we, before we bought our flats where we live now, we were living in like this one bed flat, which had a sea view, which was beautiful, but the flat was tiny. And it was becoming very stressful for me when um, we were both working from home or he was at home when I was trying, when I was working. And then I felt like I didn't have the space I needed to work. And so he, he made like a little office area in this like little nookie in the bedroom for me. And it was just, you know, just little things like that, like taking the time to just do something for me, but really small things like yesterday, not yesterday on Monday, um, we went, I wanted to go for a swim in the sea as part of my cold water therapy, which I've been doing. I talked about on previous episodes. Then I had my bag with my beach towel in it and then my dry robe and everything. And I was just like walking along and he just like takes the bag out of my hand. And I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh sweet. Like, you know, it's just someone like just the fact that he could see that, like she doesn't need to carry that bag. I could carry the bag for her. And I'm just like, you know, it doesn't have to be like big things. Just those little things can really touch your heart. So I think it's knowing what each other's love language is. And even if maybe that person isn't communicating to you in your language, but if you know what their language is, you can maybe see that you they are trying to communicate in theirs and acknowledging and appreciating them for that. Mm. Because that's the thing with love languages is that you might not necessarily be showing love in the language that is received by the other person, but the way that you express love may not be the same as the person who's receiving it. So you really have to be aware of how they are showing love in their way. And I don't know if you can remember the five, I think five love languages. It's words of affirmation, physical quality touch, time. quality time, gifts, and... There's always one that escapes Acts me. Acts of service. Yeah. So that's the five. So if you're interested in that, it's a really useful tool um, to be able to see how you are communicating and showing love in ways that you will be received by your partner or person. It, can be, it doesn't have to be a romantic relationship. It can be any relationship that you're in. The Enneagram system is also a really good tool. We had an interview with Kate in one of the previous shows on the Enneagram system. And that's also a really good tool for navigating how you communicate in a relationship, knowing what your partner's types are and where their strains and strengths are. Um, so that's also another um, interesting episode that you can go back and listen to if you are curious about that. And speaking of on communication, there's something which I always say to my clients, which is all communication is either a loving response or a cry for help. And what I find very helpful for my clients is when their partner isn't, in inverted commas, behaving as they should, to help them to see what that behavior is communicating. 
So very often, if we can see someone's behavior as a cry for help, as opposed to an attack on us, it softens our hearts because then we can ask our question, like what we can ask the question, like, what do you need? How can I help? Instead of cloak, which is a which is an opening and a reaching out of the heart, as opposed to a defensive move, which is a closing down, shutting down, withdrawing of the heart. So that's a really helpful way just to change perspectives and just very little things like when you said like how Warren like got all freaked out when you asked him about the the five best memories, you could potentially have interpreted that withdrawal as, you know, like a, that could have made you want to withdraw as well. Mm. You were reaching out and he pulled back. So you're like, fine, I'll pull back as well. But if you can see, actually, that was a cry for help because he's like panicking that he wasn't going to get it right. And so if you can, it, it's a really, very, very simple, but effective tool to reframe situations so that you can keep your heart open. Mm-hmm. And that idea of keeping your heart open, even when you're sitting there with like, oh, okay, well, I've asked these questions and okay, I'm not getting the response that I want, but it's not about me and my vulnerability being here. It's about how this relationship is working together. So I think when you have that awareness of looking on the relationship rather than just reacting within it is such a powerful tool for being able to really have good, strong communication and openness between you. It's such an interesting journey and such an interesting thing to navigate because obviously we we are still young in our relationships, you know, but I really do think that we've grown so much and we really do have strong tools and things at our disposal because we have this level of self-awareness that allows us to stay open, stay vulnerable, stay sharing, stay communicating, which is, I think, some of the essential tools for being able to live in a really wholehearted relationship. Mm. So yeah, it's, it's been a good journey. I think that that self-awareness is so key because self-awareness enables you to own your stuff. And I know in the past, like when I haven't been owning my stuff, I, I can make it about someone else. And, you know, people often ask me, oh, you know, look, what's it like? Or maybe they ask Ben, like, what's it like living with Anna? You must have to eat like super healthy or (laughs) whatever. And I think my, I guess my nutrition standards are pretty high. And, and those are just like the standards that I keep for myself. And what I used to do was put a lot of pressure on Ben to match those standards. And then if he wasn't behaving to the standards, which I had set, which are ridiculously high, then I would almost, and I'll take ownership of this now, I used to almost manipulate him to like almost guilt trip him or manipulate him so that he would eat better or whatever it was. But I realized that that was just all about me. And one of the things that I've learned to let go of as I've um, worked on myself more and developed myself more is just to be like, he can eat however he wants. It's none of my business. Of course, I care about him and I care about his health and I want him to be here for a long time, but he has to take ownership of that and I have to take ownership of me. And um, just being able to do that has allowed me to let go of so much attachment to like what he's doing and not feel like I have to jump in and try and change or fix or adjust anything. Mm. And I think ultimately 
those kind of incidences all come down to a place of love. Like you're only really doing that because at the end of the day, you love them and you want them to be healthy. And you, you know, that's, that's coming from a place of love at the end of the day. That's all what it boils down to us, especially in parents' relationships and relationships between husband and wife or boyfriend and girlfriend or girlfriend and girlfriend, whatever it is. When we, when we reframe it like that and, and notice if it's our stuff or it's their stuff or it's, universal stuff that doesn't actually concern me. And I think Byron Katie's got really interesting questions on that. So she says, there's only three different kinds of stuff in the world, my stuff, your stuff, and then God's stuff. And God's stuff she refers to as not necessarily a person in a religious context, but just universal stuff like floods and fires and things that you have no control over. So if it's universal stuff, you can't do anything about it. If it's not your stuff, you can't do anything about it. If it's your stuff, you can change it, you can accept it, or you can make adjustments to change it if it's bothering you. So yeah, that's some really interesting um, things to, to, think, to think about. Amazing. That's yeah, that Byron Katie is a really great resource for anybody who hasn't listened to the audiobook out hiding in debt. Yeah, so I don't know, Warren and I got into a long talk last night about spirituality and then when I finally dropped the bomb I was like he's like well I can't I can't think about this now I need some time I need some time and I was like no I don't have time I'm gonna actually be interviewing I'm chatting to Anna about a podcast tomorrow he's like oh oh okay well uh what time you know we record at 11 on Tuesday (laughs) I know know. and then I was like well we're recording at 11 tomorrow and then I get this frantic message at 10 5 to 11 with like oh this this and this and this I find really hard and sometimes it's hard to to accept this if I don't actually believe it but I must and he knows that he mustn't poo-poo something that he doesn't really understand yet or he doesn't know why but yeah it's, it again shows just the difference in our personalities and I think that self-awareness is just being open to and accepting of someone through the eyes of love and compassion as you said before so yeah yeah so I hope that this has been helpful to maybe some of you who are coming up against similar challenges in your relationships as you're growing and moving through this beautiful journey we call life yeah and if you maybe have got some tools today that you can use maybe a different perspective maybe you need to take some ownership of your own stuff maybe you need to look at your love languages maybe need to listen to Byron Katie loving what is so wishing you all the best for the week ahead yeah and if you have any um, tools or anything extra that you want to share with us please do um, leave us a message on Instagram or come and chat over to us that we look forward to hearing from you bye Thank you for listening to another episode of Kombucha and Color. If you have enjoyed or been inspired by our conversations today, please leave a five-star review on Stitcher or iTunes. Don't forget to share with friends and family. This will help other women find inspiration to live life bright. We'd love to connect with you on social media. Come find me, Shay, by searching Shay Dyer Yoga on Facebook or Instagram. You can find me, Anna, by searching Anna Marsh on Facebook or Instagram. And remember, you can always refer to the links in the show notes. See you next week. Hi, it's Anna. Ever since I was a child, I wanted to study the power that food can have on our health. When I started practicing as a nutritional therapist a decade ago, I realized that what is just as important is the relationship that we have with food. This is very often a mirror for the relationship we have with ourselves. Through my own personal journey and health challenges, I was forced to dig deeper and understand things that go beyond just our physical bodies. I learned the importance of working with the whole person to create a balanced body, 
mind, heart, and soul. I'm now passionate about using my diverse toolbox to help women slow down, take better care of themselves, and ultimately cultivate a life which is a reflection of self-love. If you feel like this is speaking to you, I created a 43-page guide, Nine Steps to Love, Nourish, and Connect with Your Body to Create an Energized Life with a Happy Heart and Soul. You can download it for free and join my Grounded Goddess community for even more inspiration by visiting groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number, hyphen steps. That's groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number, hyphen steps, S-T-E-P-S. I'm looking forward to seeing you in the community.